anarchists, violent mobs, arsons, looters, criminals, rioters. Poor kids are just as bright and just as tall as white kids. I said, please don't be too nice. We choose truth over facts. I am your president of law and order. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women are created by the goal. You know the, you know the thing. In the white room with black curtains. Right. All right, Inside Agitator, episode 57. Um, a lot has gone on. That many already? Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Damn, yeah, okay. I can hear you. I, bet, bet, bet. I didn't know if we were. <laughs> it's been a while since we've done this. I know. Um, do you want to start over? Nah, leave it. Fuck it. Leave it like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Um. The audio quality might not be what it once was. I'm like setting up my studio again. Um. But you know, I got that. You know, hopefully this will suffice. I feel bad because this is probably going to be a major episode. There's so much shit that has happened while we were taking a break. Um. And I don't even know where to begin. Where do you want to begin? I mean, I guess we could start at the the AOC dress. I mean, I don't know. There's so much that we can just go over, but AOC, There's I guess, so is a good much. starting point. You know what I mean? I feel like it's an easy dunk. <laughs> to get yeah, out the before way we move on to, like, whipping black people, we can yeah, start exactly. with something a little lighter. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I, 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 I like, yeah. don't even, yeah. I mean, at this point, the AOC dress shit almost seems, like, so inconsequential. Because, like, everything, what's actually going on, yeah. I know. It's just the Biden administration has gotten so bad. But, yeah, we to start there, I'm glad we didn't do an episode right when it happened because we would have made the same trite points as everybody else. But then mm-hmm. so much funnier shit came out in, like, the weeks following um yeah. my favorite part is that the woman of color immigrant that worked on her dress is from like toronto and married to like a like this like inheritor of the lehman brothers fortune yeah crazy <laughs> shit and like also owes like two hundred thousand dollars of back taxes and all this different yeah stuff. so like, like she's the rich that's not paying the tax like <laughs> it's literally her yeah which is, and then to frame it, I mean, it's really like, it's, it's so just, wild. it's it's beyond parody. And that's like, I feel like everyone blew their load too fast, because that's like, that is identity politics just distilled in like, what they, yes, a woman of color immigrant who made my dress, and she's from Toronto, and like, <laughs> an heir to the Lehman Brothers fortune. It's like, fucking wild. Um... So, this is why the like, Lehman Brothers who devastated like amid, like all their employees' lives and made away with fucking you know um, a big fucking bag. They flew away in a helicopter with bags of cash. Fucking all right, and the fucking yeah, government bank heist. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> um, but so and and I don't know. I mean, as always, it's so annoying how the conservatives just fucking. It's like. Anything AOC does, there really is a lot of hate towards her that is just, like, purely misogynistic and so hateful. But then to yeah. to lump in the legitimate criticism of the left with that kind of fucking hate 
It is so disingenuous, and I saw so many people doing that in the days following the dress. Like, oh, yeah, the misogynistic Bernie bros are at it again, you know? And it's like, I'm so tired of that fucking narrative, man. I'm just, it's like, and it's a narrative that's being fucking pushed out there by people who once again call someone from Toronto who's inheriting the Lehman Brothers' fortune, a woman of color and a girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just so disingenuous, yeah. like, when they use the, oh, the white man shit, because it's like, all these labels to them mean not, nothing. Like, they don't fucking care at all. Um, yeah, no. And, or at least they don't care to look anything beyond that, you know? Mm-hmm. And they use it when it suits them, even though, like, yeah. and and completely ignore class, because that's it's convenient. Um and and I don't know. I just the dress shit is is obviously fucking frustrating. Um, everyone made the point of comparing it to the Mark Fisher little excerpt about capitalist realism and how everything just kind of gets, you know, commodified. Um, and I think that's part of why people are celebrating the cancellation of the CBS The Activist show. Um, that was something that happened while we were on break. CBS announced a reality show that I guess is most similar to like The Apprentice, where basically Wait, it was what? like. Did you not hear about this? I have no idea what you're talking about. What? Bro, the, CBS was going to do a show called The Activist. And it was basically like a, like a reality TV show like with where like you, everyone was competing to be the best activist. Like it was Survivor or some shit. Isn't that already um, Twitter, dude? Huh? <laughs> Isn't that already Twitter, bro? <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah. So, like, and I think that's like Twitter yeah. in real life. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like all the, sh- all the criticisms we've made about activism in a TV show. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like people are almost relieved. Like, whew, we're not going to be exposed by CBS for exactly what we are, which is like basically just fucking, uh, what's even the word for being motivated? Clout. But what's the, you know, what's the word? Oh, aspirational. Yes, a bunch of aspirational fucks um, mm. who have something to prove. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so I just, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I think uh, that's why people are because it's like, all right, cool, Whew. dodge that bullet. Um, yeah, at least you know those people won't be outed, and they can continue to do the the same reply guy. Tweet yeah, shit. and they'll kill it in the quote tweets, and, yeah. and 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 that'll be the fucking activism, right there, distilled down in a nutshell. Yeah, and even worse than the Twitter people are the people who really are like career activists and like they pose for the photos at the like school sanction not threatening any real power structures on campuses like you know fucking events and they'll do like this that and the third kind of almost to bolster their resume and make it so that you know they're more appealing to these companies that kind of want to cover their ass um but in a friendly way where activism is palpable and obviously the people who are going to be on the CBS show, like, it, you know, it was nobody with a fucking uh, Liberty Spikes wanting to throw Molotov cocktails, I assure you. Um, it, this is people. Oh, yeah. No. These are people who say. It's handpicked. Yes. Handpicked by executives, mm-hmm, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's funny because yeah, that's. No, these are not people who are actually going to challenge any power structures no, at all. No, no, no. And I kind of saw something like this coming because there was an activist um, who I'm not trying to start shit, so I'm not going to name who it was, but. Um, I was at an event. I'm trying to be vague. I was at an event with her, and she was speaking about um, how Amazon approached her to be an activist in one of their commercials. Uh, um, Amazon. 
and uh, <laughs> Amazon. Yeah, just to put some emphasis on that. Um, and I, it occurred to me because this is someone who constantly goes on Sean King esque like you know fuck white people rants of like no substance and someone who has repeatedly pushed the outside agitator narrative and someone who has repeatedly said that you know these white people that go back to their corporate jobs they're all cia agents like you know very very non-solid anti-solidarity vibes and i and i realize we've talked on the show probably multiple times um about how amazon you know looks at these algorithms in places like whole foods and if the they're looking like they're going to unionize and people are talking about unionizing, they bring in the diversity trainers to get everyone pissed about race and not unite. Um, and so, of course, that's if that's in their corporate playbook, why would they not deploy that by promoting and uplifting activists who also are hyper-focused on race and, and stop people from uniting in solidarity against capitalism? Um, and you definitely would have seen a lot of that on the activist um, maybe though, maybe not. I really don't know. And apparently, then they were gonna. The, now what they're doing is they're ditching the game show format. I'm sure it was gonna be bad enough to begin with, like just as a show, yeah. regardless of the politics. The fact that it's a game show is so nuts. In in general, you know, <laughs> like that is the most nuts part about it. Yeah, no, like people are making jokes, like uh, like comparing it to Survivor, RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's like, yeah, sorry, you're going home. The uh, Flint Water Fund will not be funded today. <laughs> like, you know, like what? Yeah, yeah, like, holy yeah, shit! Like, you know, like <laughs> fucking. Um, oh my god! Right, and it's so morbid. Oh. That's fucking terrible. Yeah, and now they've tried. Now they know, you know, the game show format, or you know, not not that the Apprentice, the show, the Donald Trump show, for people who don't know, were basically at first it was normal people, but then celebrities, because I think the optics of having normal people compete for like this upper echelon corporate job probably wasn't that good. So having celebrities do it for charity was a little more stomachable. Um, and basically, yeah. you'd like do challenges, like open a hot dog stand, and there'd be two teams, and you'd have to like do an entrepreneurial thing. And then if Donald Trump didn't think you were a badass, alpha male, Mark Cuban-pilled entrepreneur, he'd tell you, you're fired. Um, but basically, it looked like this was going to be the activism version of that. Like, set up a mutual aid drive, and there's two teams, and then, like, the one that loses. Like, I don't know how they were, were planning on doing it, but apparently they've ditched the format now, and they're just <laughs> making it, a, releasing it as, like, a documentary. Um which is going to make it suck even more because it's going to get cut to shit to not look like a game show, which is what it was. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure it's just going to be atrocious. I'm also sure that the ratings are going to be great because I know my ass is going to watch it. In that fucking yeah, exactly. Every, yeah. I, would, I, I would watch the shit out of that. Could you imagine if one of the challenges be like, who could raise the most money for Joe Biden's next yeah. presidential no, it, like, campaign? And that's, that's my real anticipation <laughs> yeah. is that it's just like the most middle of the road fucking ass mm. like i i made the mutual aid joke i doubt like even that is in it yeah um, i i was thinking way farther right than that it's citrus it's got to be yeah. the most citrus shit because they're trying to appeal to both sides with this like in a way i would you know i would be interested to see if they added like you know republican activists as well you know oh my god yo there's an anti-vaxxer QAnon rally guy on yeah it. and he's fucking. just up there just fucking spitballing the whole time and no nobody's Bro. checking him man. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck um <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know what to say. Like, it, what a fucking... Co- Dude, I... 
I really truly it's gone beyond like I've gone so deep into my depression and just fucking just did like just defeat to this country to where I've reached this new bottom where it's just funny. It's yeah. just like you can't do I, anything I, I, else but laugh. I really yeah, you really can't like I don't know and it's just so in your face and it's like how the fuck like, how do people do this every day? Like, how do we... Yeah. And honestly, I think the answer is no. Everyone's like, yo, what the fuck is going... Like, I don't think anybody feels like shit's normal. Yeah, you know? no. Um, Except maybe upper-class people, but that's about it, you know? You and, and, you know, you'd have to just be so removed from... Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what's funny is... Uh, I guess to bring it into the more serious stuff, the immigration shit that's going on right now, um, Tucker did this, like, monologue tonight. Because um, ne- right now, Joe Biden's using Trump-era laws based in racist, uh, classic racist myths about, like, the foreigners bringing in disease. Um, and to, to have deported now more people than Trump did during COVID. It's, it's almost at 700,000 people. Which, when you just think of the resources, if it cost $2 to deport or three dollars to deport every single one of those people yeah. it's millions of dollars and it definitely costs a lot more than that and it's like if only you gave that yeah people money or the resources or you know help them get settled in this country um, instead of but, equipping or, or, ice or, with or, you know and lassos and shit yeah, <laughs> yeah or like or like get like you know fucking helping the people in america i know it's like a stupid point there's flaws with that but like we're using the money to fuck with people as opposed to to help people. And, and you know, not to make it too simplistic, but, you know, it kind of is. Um, and so he's deporting even more people all at the same time while the Republican media is acting as though, like, the border crisis is Biden's doing because he's letting in so many yeah. people. And they're just, as always, living in, like, the most alternate reality. Not that libs don't live in fucking la-la land, but just, like... Literally the opposite of what's going on is how they're viewing it. Red pill came Um, in. Yeah, and to them, the images of white officers on horseback whipping Haitian immigrants are a result of the flood of immigrants because of Biden. Not Yeah, it's a result of democratic policy instead of actually... You know, just, just like How, people what, wanted to come to, to America whenever they've just depleted all the resources from the country in general. You know? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's the context everybody's missing. Like, not only does America owe Haiti, the whole world owes Haiti. I think I think someone did the math, like, with adjusted with inflation, France owes Haiti, like, Seven hundred and twenty-six trillion dollars, <laughs> yeah. like, just like like a Doctor Evil amount of money, um, <laughs> like. But literally, though, yeah, spe- like especially they like almost never recovered from you know that that debt of slavery. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like yeah. the debt of like what the the Haitian Revolution and, and that type of stuff did to you know the economy of Haiti. You know, yeah, it's never yeah. really talked about ever. Yeah, no, at all. Um, and you know who has talked about it, though? Um, Joe Biden. Joe Biden, a couple decades ago, uh, was quoted as saying, and I know this is a horrible thing to say, but if Haiti quietly sunk into the ocean, 
That like that would be a good thing. I don't remember how he finishes it. He, he would say he was like, it, it, "We would America really wouldn't care because it's not even in our interest anymore." Is what he said. Yeah, oh like my god! See, yeah. like, and this is the guy who like the liberal media and the dumbass libs are like, are to say that he doesn't care is an affront to the man and the character he is. It's like, of course he does. He probably gave them the fucking whips. Do you hear him? Yeah. Do you fucking <laughs> like, <laughs> like, listen that's to him? him. He's, yeah, like we got him on tape. Like it's not a fucking. <laughs> okay. like, and today, fucking hashtag respect Joe Biden was trending on Twitter. You're joking. <laughs> You're yeah. fucking joking. Who started that? Brooklyn de- Dad, dude. Fuck no, I'm sure he I'm sure at the very least he was in the hashtag plugging his fucking cash app. It's stupid um, book about Trump. I bet he's still shilling it, dude. A fucking children's book, yeah. Fucking uh yeah, fucking he literally makes coloring books for adults, which is just a little too on the nose. Yeah. Um but fucking, <laughs> uh and and so Joe Biden fucking it's almost like they've all internalized the fact that He's not actually the ones making one making the decisions, and it's like, come on, we all know he's asleep in the White House. He has nothing to do with this. Leave old Joe alone. And it's like <laughs> yeah. we've just accepted that, like he's not running the show. Like, yeah. and to criticize, like, duh, you idiots, you're criticizing Joe Biden. He's obviously not the one doing it. And it's like, yeah, you see how that's bad, right? You see, that? Like, dude, you guys should just calm down. Somebody else is running it, not Joe Biden. Okay, yeah. I want you and guys to like, leave him alone. <laughs> by the way, someone Joe Biden has the power to fire or threaten to fire (laughs) so like but and it's just assumed like well that would well that would upset my brunch so let's all just shut the fuck up um Mm -hmm. and not yeah and and i just you know and it's funny how much of liberals politics really has to do with the fact that they're just surrounded by conservatives because like a lot of them are rich and of the class where people are fucking conservatives because they've actually more intelligently absorbed the uh, the ideals of their lifestyle um, mm. and, and embraced it as opposed to just having this weird guilty complex about it. Yeah. And fucking, you know, and, and so much of their politics is informed by like, well, I wouldn't want to upset the people that I, go, you know, I'm around in my life. So let's just, it's all in the middle and, and we, ha- we have to, and, and they personally say at brunch to the people freaking out at, immig- at the immigration thing, because, you know, they're all too pussy to say, you're actually a fucking idiot who believes right-wing propaganda. Um, mm-hmm. What they do instead is, well, no, we do take immigration seriously. Um, and Joe Biden, blah, 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 blah. And so that's why, like, literally, like, hundreds of thousands of people are being deported, a violent and traumatizing process. So, like, motherfuckers, like, feel like they get along with conservatives better at lunch, at yeah. brunch, or lunch, whatever the fuck they're eating. Mm-hmm. Fucking, at their, you know, eating whatever the fuck um <laughs> and yeah, but for real though because it's just like yeah nobody wants to upset anybody no one's nobody wants to have the hard conversations about it yeah at or, all, or, at or all. face reality yeah and then the number of afghan refugees someone like that like like you know at the very least like go, go tell france they have to fucking pay some money to like there's shit we could do joe biden's already fucking uh saying fuck you to britain and deteriorating our relations with them which by the way good oh the best is today boris johnson's in there with him 
um, and brings up because you know how Joe's been intimating that like he's pro IRA. Like the night of his election, mm. uh, the BBC asked him for a comment, and he said, "The BBC, I'm Irish." Um, and, fucking, <laughs> and the conservatives in Britain were really tight about that. And then with the pullout in Afghanistan, remember how like everyone was like shitting their pants because like ten Marines died. By the way, one of whom posted on Instagram, "I'm out here to kill some motherfuckers. It's either kill or be killed." And it's oh, like, that guy? Oh, I get, oh, I get that of it. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So like. Like ten, like ten or twelve marines, including that fucking dickhead who I guess ended up with be killed, um, died, and everyone shat their pants about it. Um, and then Joe Biden hilariously is like, drops a news item to the press, like he didn't actually come out and say it, but like obviously it came from the Biden administration that it was Britain's fault because they hadn't secured the area before removing their troops, so we had to go in and clean up their mess. And and so that alone sets our relations with Britain back like deck like we always have each other's backs. Like that's like, like that's like why Yeah, yeah, it's your guys' fault. Fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exact so Irish Joe is fucking on his shit. And so then Boris Johnson and him are sitting and there's all these press and it's in the Oval or somewhere in the fucking White House. Or, you know, a, a set off location because they're all too scared to be there anymore. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. And fucking, <laughs> and at some point, uh, Boris Johnson brings up the Good Friday Agreement, which that's like a whole other podcast. But anyway, it was like an agreement between the IRA and the British government. Um, and is trying to, like, get Joe Biden's, like, suss out how Joe Biden really feels about the IRA in Britain. Mm. And at the mention of the word Belfast... Joe Biden staffers rush into the room and are like, all right, media time to go home. Goodbye. All right, everybody out. Um, that's going to be it for today. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, more I questions. Like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like immediately. Um, and which is, which means Joe is about to be like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, so, so, so that, that rocks. Um, not, not to valorize the guy who's once again, whipping Haitians. <laughs> yeah. um, like, and Jen Psaki, and, and you know, it's funny, Libs are almost half right. He really is just fucking, like, on fucking Valium or whatever in the White House asleep. Jen Psaki and all the little evildoers around him are the ones actually pushing, doing the fa- what liberals would have called under Trump fascism. Yeah. Um, and correctly so. Um, Jen Psaki goes on TV and, you know, maybe we should just play the clip, but fuck it. Um, Basically, she pushes the racist myth that, oh, they're bringing in diseases, which medical experts, by the way, disagree with. Like, you know, it's no worse than anyone else coming in. We're letting people fucking vacation and travel. Those people are fucking worse. People going Um, to Hawaii with COVID and like fake vaccination COVID. Yeah, like, yeah. So, like, we clearly don't don't fucking care. care. Um, And it's clearly an excuse. Um, And... And she basically is like, well, no, this is this is the law and, and is citing a Trump era law um, as justification for why they're doing it. Obviously, underscoring the fact that they've already removed, I think, almost 200,000 more people than Trump did using this law. Um, and fucking is like basically fucking. Um, yeah, and we're not going to change the law. And I ask that is ridiculous during a pan. Like basically completely just like shut down any opposition to it. Um, and then hours later, that goes viral. Fucking, they say that they're gonna open up more of the detention centers. Guess where? Guantanamo no. Bay. 
You are lying. I'm dead man. serious. It's not even fucking. I'm not lying. <laughs> that doesn't even sound real, bro. It's like, like that it doesn't, doesn't even. No, it's it like, like it's, a fucking dream. Whatever you just said, that like <laughs> what? That's like saying we're reopening Auschwitz, hey. folks, and we're we're set. It's like Guantanamo Bay's where we do war crimes, <laughs> and we're like, yep, that's where we're gonna send the immigrant. Like I don't even like know where to begin with that. And then here's what's fucking great. Here's been the lib reply all day. Yes, but Joe Biden's making sure that the guards speak Creole. What? Yeah. So don't worry. The guards will speak oh, the yeah, language. Oh, yeah, so they can insult them in good. their native language when they're fucking torturing them? Yeah, that's what Yeah. Great. Great to know. Thanks um, for that point. I appreciate it. Yeah. G- good. <laughs> great. And it's such a fucking... Like, it almost feels stupid to say, but what would the reaction be under Trump? And I had such a dumb, idiot, low, low fucking hanging mm. fruit point to make. But, like, could you imagine if Trump reopened Guantanamo Bay to send immigrants there yeah. as an attention center? They, they would go nuts. Fucking people, people in pussy hats would be, like, chaining themselves to, like, unrelated <laughs> steamrollers. It would there'd be, like, it'd be, like, a whole fucking <laughs> outpouring and fucking... They're like the, the libs would just storm yeah, the Capitol. At Fucking, this point, yeah. I, I I can't even imagine. But because it's Biden, it's just like, well, fucking, I can't whistle. But yeah. you, you get the point. Fucking motherfuckers are just like strolling in the park. Um, yeah, and I just and and this is all going on at the same time that the infrastructure bill, even like MSNBC's like. This is shockingly not left enough. <laughs> it doesn't do enough for this, 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 and this issue. Like, it, we literally have, like, it's literally just Trump's yeah. second term. Like, except AOC's doing yeah. less. <laughs> like, I don't... Nobody cares. Um, another point on the dress thing, to, to give uh, people a reply, AOC, after, like, 36 hours of getting torn apart by all the major media outlets and her one space comes out with oh now i'm going to extend the unemployment benefits um during the pandemic a bill to introduce that who knows if it's going to pass or did pass but it was so like a such a too little Mm -hmm. too late thing and so clearly done to just be like no see i can pass bills too i don't just fucking go to yeah let me say um real quick and try and and try and pass something yeah you know win some people back over you know yeah which is good i guess at least the lesson is she can still be bullied but what's funny is I don't even think it was the online outcry. That really is why. It's because the major media outlets, the Washington Post, did ran three op-eds about it. Um, hilarious, because obviously Jeff Bezos is sweating about paying all his fucking back taxes since 2016. Oh, yeah. um, and fucking that and a divorce would fucking, yeah, that would be tough. Uh, Buddy's going to, that would not be good for Buddy. And, uh, <laughs> and then fucking New York Post. Um, and all the outlets that kind of shape um, the American discourse were reporting on it. And it's like, that's really what she responds to. Like most politicians uh, that embrace the system and don't want to actually build a movement outside of it, that is who sets the narrative. Um, and even with this, like Jen Psaki's able to get away with saying that this is a necessary thing. Um, and specifically in the interview, I'm sorry, I forgot to bring this up earlier. She basically referred to the using of the whips as law enforcement. That was them enforcing the law. Um, and 
they're able to get away with this because the conservative media working in cahoots with the liberal media because uh, they're all one big system has cranked the dial up to 12 immigration crisis border crisis and so this actually seems like a moderate response um and playing the middle ground where we're going to deport some people we're not going to crank it up uh to to because basically the, the conservative media is calling for them to increase uh deportations in the face of what they're calling a crisis and so it almost seems moderate for them to just continue to outpace the Trump administration as far as deportations go. Yeah. Um, and then if they're in front of media cameras using whips, I can only imagine what goes on in the facilities where the media is not allowed. Yeah. Um, so I don't even really want to, you know, st- st- uh, yeah, it's not something I even so Yeah, think it's a grim really. thought. It's, yeah. Yep. Um, and this is the evil that our fucking collective cowardice as a nation enables um, and our inability to have any take back any control over our political system um, or the narrative political narrative and discourse in this country. Um, and, and it's uh, I, I just I want people to be mad again. And I feel like everybody I feel like a dick at a party. Everyone's just trying to relax and have a good time and no one wants to be outraged again. Um, and I think often about we we did a series of posts on our Instagram, which by the way, like none of you follow, so follow us at Inside Agitator on Instagram. But there was this really popular psychiatry account with like millions of followers on Instagram that did an infographic series about like, you know, it's unhealthy to be consu- to be outraged. It's actually a bad thing, and it makes you dumb. And Man. so you really should be checked out. And it's it's okay. Don't feel guilty. La 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 la. Um, and it was basically this big post just using, like, the terms of, like, modern New Age psychiatry. Yeah, and, like, mental health. Like, it's and okay like, to not give a yeah, fuck. it's okay to, to take a break from this for your mental health and stuff like this. And yada, yada, and this yeah. positivity gospel, which is, you know, even more toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And painting anyone who is outraged as, like, you know, that's just them seeking adrenaline in their brain. And that's not actually useful. And that's, you know, and, like, and, and then you look at your page. Obviously, it's a white woman. And then she's like, here's me and my thruple of, like, two other white women. And it's like, and they're, like, all well-dressed designer shit. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. Um, you don't have to yeah. worry. Yeah. And fucking, <laughs> yeah. No, you're just, no, go back to the hedonism. Sorry, I bothered you. Um, and fucking. <laughs> but for real, though, and, like, uh, you're not even, like, just, yeah. That's exactly what you. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and, like, I just, I want to, and, and, and it's fucked up because you can't, like, say, oh, and then there's the abortion ban shit, but everyone's talking about that. That's, you know, so I don't yeah. even feel like we need to talk about it too much, other than the fact that the Democrats could do something about it if they wanted to, but they think they'll fundraise off this. They're not wrong, um, and so they're they're allowing this to go on. Also, like... The Supreme Court is unconstitutional, um, and anyone who still supports that institution, and it's undemocratic, and anyone who still supports that institution is smoking mm-hmm. crack. Um, it's very clear that you can just say and do whatever you want with whatever yeah. justification um, if it suits your political agenda. Liberals will never wield the power of the court that way, but conservatives sure as fuck will. Um, and for our listeners, it's the Supreme Court that deemed that the abortion ban in Texas was constitutional. Um but since and, then, there's been a couple of people that have sued, you know. So I guess that that's like a yeah. There, no there, shit, there's people you know. Sued. 
But we'll see what happens with the actual fucking end goal or the end result of all of it, you know? Which yeah. I'm not I'm not even like yeah. holding my and breath. And the problem is I, you know what I'm saying? Like it could just be like, Yep, it's constitutional and then we that'd be the end of it, you know? Well, like how do you outdo yeah. the Supreme Court? You know, like I they are the uh, you know and I just and and excuse me for saying this, but like they're just the solutions to these problems you can't say on podcasts. Um and and what actually should be done about the fact that hundreds of thousands of people are being mistreated in the way they are at the border, the fact that they're opening, and no one better DM me about using this word because it's what it is, concentration camps at Guantanamo mm-hmm. Bay. And the fact that the Supreme Court is essentially shitting all over the Constitution and democracy at all times. People should... Uh, do something about that. <laughs> something, something, anything. And if something, yeah, in the vaguest terms, so like it's it's beyond. Like voting, clearly voting for AOC or getting more people like her in, isn't gonna do. Like it's not gonna get to what we need to actually get done. Um, and it's also not building the movement that we need to build. Yeah. Um. And what's funny is, what's funny is, um, that's that's what they fear, um, and that's why they're doing so much to like. Liberals were creaming their fucking pants when George W. Bush, who, if anyone should be like, like literally hung in a public square, it's fucking that guy. I mean, just the war crimes alone. Like, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll give the Afghani's the rope. I mean. It's really fucking horrible. <clears throat> He's the biggest criminal, perhaps, of, like, uh, the recent memory. I really, I can't think of anybody more responsible for um, death and suffering. Um, and Trump really just gave him a pass. Because Trump, because he wrote mean tweets, all of us that upset liberals' brunches, all of a sudden became worse than the guy who literally has the deaths of millions on his hands because of his lies. Um, and they were all creaming themselves because he showed up at the 9-11 memorial, the 20th anniversary, which, like, for these fucking, like, war hawks, it was like the fucking, like, dude, Grateful Dead, 20th anniversary, big concert, man, fucking rock on. Like, they were all so hyped for the 20th anniversary of 9-11 because all these fucking, fucking criminals know that they can use it to rile up the morons. Um, and so this fucking... This fucking jackass comes out and compares 9-11 to 1-6 um, and says our enemies used to be foreign and now they're at home. And the liberals are like, thank you, George Bush, for being the voice that we need and the rational. And it's like, you guys realize he just doesn't want to be hung in the streets, right? He wants to expand the... Like, like he doesn't give a fuck about 1-6. He stole an election, what, what, like, I, what, <laughs> are you people smoking crack? He doesn't fucking care. Yes, he just are. wants to expand the police state as much as fucking possible in the surveillance state that, by the way, the Patriot Act fucking enabled so that anyone who would be a threat to him is taken care of. And so at two of his speeches on the 20th anniversary 9-11 appearances around it, Iraq veterans got up and disrupted his speech and were like, you know, millions of blood on your hand, millions of Iraqis blood on your hand. La 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 la. 
gave him the whole spiel. And one guy did it so well and with such passion, I wouldn't have been able to have the composure he did if I was speaking to him. Um, and 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 all, all the and in this video, by the way, I want to point out these two white women run up to this veteran and literally start like pulling him down. And and he literally like very and smartly doesn't fight back or resist them in any way. But had he even just like shifted his weight to stay in the spot and not let them throw him into his seat, yeah. he would have gotten like assault charges. And and it's so funny these rich white women who like literally like come out and just like almost throw this veteran in the seat. It's like oh what happened to like we love veterans? Oh I guess yeah. that's out the door when they speak about how their friends got murdered. Um, and anyway the crowd's booing this guy and he's going on and on and George Bush is laughing. Um, W's just has a big fucking shit-eating grin on his face because he knows he's never going to face consequences for his actions. Oh, God. But then, but then the guy says, you deserve to be in jail. You deserve to be in jail. And that was the only point in his speech. Like when he's talking about the millions of lives on Bush's hands, he got a smirk. But when he said the word, you should be in jail, you saw Bush's demeanor change. Like, oh, shit, what if that does happen one day? Yeah. And for our listeners out there, that's why that guy is comparing 1-6 to 9-11, because he's worried about a movement of people that will actually hold politicians accountable and give them consequences for the horrors they've unleashed in our world. And now we're trying to unleash domestically by making our fellow Americans out to be the threat that al-Qaeda was and the Taliban was, mm. which, by the way, that threat was initially over-exaggerated. So it's, maybe it is a fucking great comparison. Um, and I just... Also, 9-11 is fucking fake. <laughs> That's the end of the rant right there. <laughs> that shit's fucking fake. I'm not even expanding. That shit's fucking fake. Yeah, we, yeah, definitely just leave it at that right there. I mean, I don't think really there's anything else you could say. Yeah, 9-11 fucking... It, it... Like, it happened... But not at all the way you motherfuckers thought it did, at all. Yeah. Um, and and I don't even claim to like have a conspiracy theory. I don't know what happened, but it's not what they said happened. Yeah, I know that much. I'll bet my left and right testicle. It is not what they said happened. It's, pr- it's pretty um, damn fishy. A lot of the stuff sometimes. Whenever you like, you look back at it and you look at it as a whole, and it's just like, what the? You know, there's a couple holes in the story. A couple. You know? I- I watched I watched a four and a half hour documentary called The New Pearl Harbor, and it's just wall to wall four and a half hours of holes, <laughs> and like, and, and and some of the things you're like, all right, that's a little bit of a stretch. The conclusion he comes to, mm. but the evidence that he presents, holy motherfucking mackerel! Really, <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a knee slapper. It's fucking like some of the shit. And and it's hard the way the families and the people who questioned this were treated by the government. That's really something that I think could radicalize even the most fervent nine eleven propaganda believer. Um, when you see how the families that ask questions were treated, and there's another yeah. documentary that's even better at showing that. Um, but there's a pretty wild story really just... to come out of like nine eleven. Like, did you hear about the first responder who was like Pakistani, and then he um, he actually I think he died uh, in the rescue efforts. And then people were saying, like, you know, there was all this anti-Muslim or Muslim. Hey, uh, you cut out. I can't hear you. Um, damn. Did I cut out in the middle of that? I hope your mic My didn't, mic didn't know. Still... I'm just going to continue with the point. But basically, um, you, but, yeah. you know, the, the, the Pakistani guy who was a first responder during 
and I don't know and the story. He basically uh, died during the uh, the rescue missions. I think. I think this is how it goes. And then in the days after that, people were saying, "Oh, he's missing." So they kind of considered him a subject, given the Islamophobia that was going on right after you know the the result of nine eleven. You know what I mean? It was like a lot. And um, damn, I forgot where I was going with that point because I got. But you, but you see, there's like a lot of things that just like terrible that just come out of that whole fucking thing, you know. Well, I really, I don't have four and a half hours right now. Yeah, I don't. But I do recommend if anyone. It took me three. I had watched it in three clips. I couldn't do it all in one. Um, it actually is three DVDs. Um, and there's like a part one, part two, part three. When you're watching the video on YouTube. Um, it says end DVD one, start DVD two. Um, and the first third, I think, is the hardest to get through. Um, he off rip makes some really wild claims about Pearl Harbor that I just like don't know enough about it to like really understand if it's like, oh, okay. but at first your reaction is like, oh, this guy is a conspiracy theorist. Like he's just saying wild shit about FDR and Pearl Harbor, kind of without the evidence that he then lays yeah. out for 9 11. Um, uh, so that that might like discourage you from listening to this guy at first, um, and and my girl was watching it with me, and she like got to him saying wild shit about FDR and was like checked out and fell asleep, and then at the end of the first DVD, he starts like by, by the end of the, by the first DVD like halfway through he's like really getting into the nine eleven shit laying out evidence. And you're like, oh, this is actually well researched. Let me hear what this guy has to say. Um, more re- well researched than his Pearl Harbor <coughs> stuff. Um, which I think he has a book that he digs into it deeper, um, and he just kind of brushes over some of that in the beginning. I think it might have fit better at the end, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. He gets into some good stuff, and at the end of the first um, DVD, and I just want to—I don't know that I have the details exactly correct, but I think she was a flight attendant on Flight mm-hmm. 93, the one—the plane that they claim crashed yeah. in Pennsylvania. Um, and it's the message that she's leaving for her husband, um, and. I'm getting a little emotional even talking about it because this is the one that thing that stood out to me the most. But you could hear like the panic in her voice, obviously. Um, and there is kind of this fascination with playing the calls from Flight 93 and just kind of how horrifying they sound. Um, it, just in our culture, you've heard a lot of them before. You haven't heard hers. Um, and what she says is, honey, you got to listen to me carefully, which is something that isn't in anybody else's call. Um, and it's funny, all the calls, the recordings, all hit the same beats. Like, hey, listen, I'm on a plane. There are three hijackers. They've hijacked the plane. Like, those are like the three, and every single phone call hits those three. And I just feel like it's like weird, like to say even I'm on a plane, like, duh, like I hope your significant other knows you're on a plane. Like, I don't know, like it's just weird. It almost is like everyone was given a fucking index card. Like, here are your three points. But anyway, the doc didn't even talk about that. That's just something I noticed. But she hits the three main bullet points. Then, you know, hits the I love you and the heart-wrenching stuff. Um, and then at the very end, she whispers whispers under her breath, it's a frame. It's a frame. Um, and hangs up the phone. Um, and that's what the first DVD ends on. And I'm, like, getting emotional. Um, and anyway, that person's the kind of brave person that, you know, they, they talk about from that day who, like, you know, I don't know what happened with Flight 93. But if you look at the videos... Like, the impact in the field is, like, not very big. It, it, like, doesn't look like a a passenger jet landed in this field. 
And the explanation is that it went straight down and was going so fast and that the plane ended up being under the dirt. Um, and that's why they didn't find much wreckage. I don't like, and, you know, they like a whole bunch of people dispute this and don't and whatever. I don't know. I, I'm not like a, a fucking engineer. I don't know. But it just looks weird. Um, and, but that it's a frame thing. And in, in addition to like the other fucking hour evidence he presents about Flight 93 just stuck out to me hard because it's like, is it beyond the government to like kidnap a plane full of people, make them all make certain phone calls, give them the index card, and then like murder them? Like I don't know that it is. Um, when I read about some of the shit that our government's done, the fucking seven hundred thousand people they've just deported. Like I don't, I don't know that it's beyond the realm of possibility. Um, and ju- and flight ninety three in particular, um, which I believe is the one that landed in Pennsylvania. I might be having my facts wrong, which will discredit everything I'm saying off rip, but. That's always provided this, like, this weird kind of, like, myth and story in the American kind of mythos, like, where a lot of people are like, you know, my favorite, my favorite Mark Wahlberg quote, he's someone that I'm obsessed with, just as far as, like, the American psyche, um, but he one time was quoted as saying, like, yeah, if I was in that plane, it would have gone down differently, cockpit would have been full of blood, no plane would have hit the towers, you know, like, and people think that they'll stand up and be the hero. And, and, and the story on Flight 93 is that a couple of the passengers teamed up and took the plane over from the hijackers. Hijackers flew it into the ground after they t- took over. And, you know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, the government shot it down. I don't think that's true. Um, it, it, but it's provided this weird story where I saw multiple Facebook posts on the 20th anniversary. One from, like, a high school teacher I had who said, you know, I relate most to the flight 93 passengers and i hope that if if it ever if time ever called on me i'd stand up and serve my country and do the right thing blah, 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 blah. and it's almost created this myth where like people have valorized these people who you know and, and they should be valorized it's a heroic act um who stood against these terrorists and and unhijacked the plane whatever and it's almost created in the American psyche, like the, yeah, if I ever see a terrorist or someone doing something, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fuck with it. It's my duty, too. And it became like, yeah, we're all part of this war. And it was just such a clever, like, it's like, because people would ask, why fake it? Why fake that and have that story? And I think it's kind of a good, like, accompanying story to 9-11 that kind of amps up the American psyche. Like, and, these, like people gets- save, these people save lives in like the most terrifying point in their life you know yeah 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 like like it was a day where they crushed the american psyche and made civilians feel so powerless and then they also gave them this tale of like people who did did the right thing and they were heroes and they stood up against the terrorists and like and and at the very least i'm not going to go too deep into that but i have suspicions it has to do with them wanting people to stand up in case anyone ever does the right thing um but I think it also has to do with the fact that it just then allowed the country, everyone who wasn't able to be a hero that day, how am I going to be a hero? By supporting the troops and not questioning the war. Um, and that makes me a badass, tough guy. And I think, you know, at the very least, it helped with that. Um, and yeah, and then also, like, he presents all this evidence with the Pentagon um, crash that makes it look sketchy as fuck. Um, the, so honestly, after watching it, I was like, okay, flight 93 bullshit, Pentagon bullshit, twin towers fell lots of questions about how and why. Um, and then obviously there's the building seven stuff, which like everyone always forgets about, 
Um, I feel yeah, like if you I'm know about nine eleven, I'm not even familiar with that aspect of it either. Do you know Building Seven at all? Like, do you know what I'm referencing? I mean, sort of, but like, could you explain it if, like, for the lure, for the viewers? So there was a third building at the World Trade Center. World Trade. There were seven buildings, I guess. It was World Trade Center Seven, Building Seven. Yeah. Um, and it was like an auxiliary building that held records. Um, and people joke around that it held the FBI's child porn servers. Um, <laughs> I don't like I, what I don't know yeah, that yeah, that's yeah, true or yeah. not. I think that's like a bit. Um, that's, but maybe yeah. it's true. Who the fuck knows? Holy Yeah, you know that was where Epstein's black book was. I'm playing, but uh, fucking, <laughs> you know, and, and and but there's this building, um, a smaller office building, that collapses hours after the fact, and they attributed it to just fire. Um, Whereas, like, the, the towers falling is more believable because it's, like, fire and the impact fucking up the structure. Um, and then Building 7 just, like, fell. And then the videos is just, like, kind of like a demolition. It all looks like a demolition. Um, and it's funny, when you watch... I, I also recommend, like, if you're not trying to, like, listen to a crazy guy rant at you conspiracies, just go watch news coverage from that morning. Like, like people have DVR'd it and put it on YouTube. You can watch CBS, NBC, all the major channels. I've gone and done it. Um, and watch like the two hours of it going on from first plane crash to um, all like basically the events being all the way through and towers going down. I've watched it on all the major news channels um, and there and all of them at first are like, this looks like a demolition. I, I heard explosion like you watch it and like the official narrative like isn't out yet. And like it, everyone's just assuming what like kind of all the conspiracy theorists think. Um, and so it's very funny to watch those wow. things now. Um, and that's that's kind of a yeah 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 Yeah. so that's kind of like that alone i think if you go watch the news coverage morning of that'll pill you um because it shows how different the narrative changed over the 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 following days um and and, you know my more skeptical (laughs) listeners i'm sure are like yeah because that more information just came out and that's definitely true and they definitely were just grasping at whatever straws um but it's just it's just something's fishy with it, and then you just think about how it just create helped create the nation of psychopaths that's now okay with just like a thing like Guantanamo Bay existing. Yeah. You know, like we're now putting immigrants in Guantanamo Bay. How do we get that people comfortable with it in the American consciousness? Oh, because we're using it to torture Muslims. Here's something interesting I found out though. Clinton um, and Bush Senior, I think. We're both using Guantanamo Bay to hold Haitian immigrants. This isn't the first time. Um, and, yeah, so it's, it's you know, as much as Biden's a uniquely evil and, and right-wing and uniquely right-wing specifically, um, this isn't unprecedented. Um, and this is very much business as usual for the United States of America. Damn, it um, is. It, it's continuing the fucking cycle of them doing horrible shit, them announcing it, and then nobody doing anything. And it's going to continue going on. The cogs going to continue to roll, and more people will die. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's just what will happen unless, you know, something's done. Something. Something. Anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. God. Fucking. And, uh,. You know, this is not us trying to incite violence. This is truly just like someone come up with a fucking plan. Like, I don't know what the plan is. Someone come up with a plan. We need, I, I don't know what to do, but the gears of this have to have to be stopped. And and it's just like, it, it's fucked up because, like, if you lived on the Death Star, 
you're not like rooting for Luke Skywalker to blow up the shit. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. it is the Death Star. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's hard. Like, and I think it's hard as American citizens to like deal with the fact that like, you know, we're the bad guys. We're like, we live mm. in the Empire, like the bad Empire, like that does the bad shit. Yeah, like, like everybody I, in I, the world hates. Like, everybody, yeah. and, like, we are the cause of most suffering in third-world countries, you know, just by throwing yeah. coups and fucking depleting resources from places, like, over and over. And I think what 9-11 did was it, like, made us the good guys again in the popular consciousness, you know? Yeah. Um, and and uh, for a lot of people who, like, I think Vietnam was, we weren't the good guys, you know? Um, all the people who maybe felt guilty about supporting the anti-war efforts... Or, you know, felt guilty for not going themselves. Were then like, now I'm gonna make up for it because people so internalized to like defending your country shit, you know. Yeah. And so I'm gonna make up for it by just like supporting the troops and like obviously we can break that down and what that really means. But I, I think for most of our listeners, they understand what support the troops really meant. Do you remember that like being in like every classroom? I remember that being in every classroom growing up was like a. One of those yellow ribbons that said "Support our troops." Oh yeah, do you remember that? Oh yeah, no, I remember that was pretty heavy, in like yeah. middle school and elementary school, whenever all that yeah. stuff was happening. Uh, no, the, you know, Obama won when we were finishing middle school, yeah. so like that was Bush era. His elementary school, middle school, you're yeah. spot on. And uh, yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's weird to think about that time now because I don't really remember a whole lot of it, you know. But then like I I do remember just like how big support the troops was and at the time and like especially me living in like you know rural north carolina <laughs> you know yeah. it's just like so prevalent and if anybody spoke out any differently they would just be like villainized by like even teachers like i remember this one girl in um in middle school god bless her soul she fucking uh <laughs> she she didn't stand for the pledge of allegiance one day and like I don't know. I was one of those people that was like, oh, she is stand. Oh, what, what was that about? You know? But then there was, I, there was yeah. like teachers who were like so mad at her. Yeah. And then there was also yeah. other students who were obviously pissed too, you know? So like. Yeah. I was one of those kids. Yeah. I did not. Yeah. And and one time one of my friends snitched on me to my grandparents. Nah. Um, oh, man. That's not a friend, dude. No, well, actually, I think he might be listening. So fuck you if you're hearing this. <laughs> He is still my friend. We were a lot younger. We were a lot younger. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah. And I fucking, um, I grew up in New York. So I remember actually a little bit how psychopathic it was. And I thought that was cool. Um, I was totally like, I liked the Toby Keith song that was like, yeah, the red, white, and blue. And I liked the 50 Cent game where he, like, massacres everyone in the Middle East. Um, and I liked all the rap songs that said, like, if they flew over my head, I'd shoot down the planes. Like, I, that whole, everyone was all in. Um, and I remember how prevalent um, Sand N-Word was mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and Towelhead and this, that, and the third. Um, and I remember just... And I remember people really just being so bloodthirsty and angry. Um, and, yeah, it was it was a crazy time in New York. And New York, really, the culture that a lot of the people I grew up with have had a tough time, as liberal or progressive as they may be, um, are still pretty 
uh, are bloodthirsty fascists. I don't even know how else to describe it. And I really think that 9-11 really is what cracked everyone's psyche to the extent that um, they have this very Western psychosis. Mm. Um, and, yeah, uh, it's it's a very difficult thing. Um and but and it's the kind of mindset that enables oh yeah no don't let those foreigners and they fucking they carry diseases they're dangerous um yeah it all and, stems from it all stems the from the same you know uh biases yep and and it's it's biases that are actively like being created by bad actors um and i just really think about you know i feel like we always go back to how do we confront the media and i don't know that we have any good answers but the media have created this immigration crisis. Um, like Biden is deporting more people than Trump. And if you listen to the media, it would sound like Biden's like opening the floodgates. Yeah. Um, and he's letting everybody in and it's you this, know, with no regard whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just, it's, and I don't know how we confront that or deal with that. Um, and, and, but if we have a media that's able to push a certain narrative about something like nine 11, that I think very well may have been not only at the very least allowed by our government, but orchestrated and, and helped by it. Um, then of course they can do something like that and, and make everyone want tighter immigration when it's already as tight as yeah. it's ever been. Um, and yeah, I, it makes you think it makes you wonder yeah. in a way, because like, yeah, I don't know. Is there like, was one sixth that thing for, you know, I guess the younger generations of like, you know, Gen Z growing up now for them to latch on to. I think they but wanted it, wasn't it to all be, the way there. But I don't know? know a single young person that gives a fuck. Like, I think young people gave a fuck about 9-11. People gave a fuck. 9-11 worked. Like, I don't think 1-6, like, for a certain type of like super partisan, 1-6 is like the craziest mm-hmm. thing ever. But I think most people don't give nearly the fuck that they gave about 9-11, yeah. you know? Um and any everyone trying to make it the new 9-11 is like a moron. I think it's a failed political project. But as long as it works to the extent that they can justify expanding the police state mm-hmm. and surveillance state and cracking down on political exactly. extremists and demonizing political extremists, as long as they can get away with enough of that to ensure that Bush doesn't go to jail, I think they're all pretty happy. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I just – but I just want everyone to know, watch that video of Bush smirking but, and don't be discouraged by it. Look for the fear in his eyes when the word jail comes up. If he's scared, that means we can do it. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's not certain that he's escaped that fate. So why the fuck are we? Yeah. Um, exactly. and, and, and that goes for all these motherfuckers. Um, and it's such bullshit to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to investigate what happened at the border with the whipping. The board, they, the, I'm assuming they didn't go buy the whips yeah, no. themselves. I'm assuming no, it it's part of the kit. It wasn't like a day right? at the ICE office. Like, it's like fucking, like, you know, whip day. Bring in your, bring in your lassos from home. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's not that. Yeah. Also, someone pointed out, like, and it's, it's almost a trite point, but I feel like it's worth bringing up. The All law enforcement stems from fucking slave patrols, overseer, officer, fucking and in the mypd logo is a dude cracking a whip i don't know if people know this but in the bottom left of the mypd badge is a dude with a whip um and and so that is what the democrats are giving more money to 
Oh, and today, according to sources, um, it's not confirmed yet, but it looks like all the post-George Floyd police reforms that were on the table and being discussed, trying to get done bipartisanly, are dead on arrival and not happening. So we've given up on defunding the police. The Kente cloth stunt was as performative as the tax the rich one. Oh, one more point on the tax the rich thing. If it was really about making a political statement and not being a performative shithead and, and justifying you rubbing shoulders at the Met with everybody, rubbing elbows, wherever the fuck, it would say Medicare for all. It would say Green New Deal. It would say one of the things that we're paying for with the rich people taxes that benefit everyone. But because her goal is to just live off this outrage cycle and live off of this performative culture war, it's tax the rich, which is going to cause a conversation and piss people off. Whereas I think something like Green New Deal and Medicare for All, like obviously it'll piss people off and get the propagandists in high gear. But at least you're talking about what you're going to do with the taxing of the rich. What did the conversation become? Who's rich and who should get taxed? And there's a four-day debate on leftist Twitter about like, I make 150k and I'm struggling. I'm I'm a worker, and it's like, yeah, you are, but like you're also petite bourgeois. Uh, whatever. I don't even want to get into that. But like, but quite frankly, uh, if you're not an unemployed loser like me, fuck you. Um, <laughs> hating, <laughs> ha- hating, hating is deeper than the socialism shit, and everyone who makes more than me deserves the fucking wall. Uh, <laughs> Because I'm a fucking, I'm a hater first and a socialist second. Um, and and so fuck and all like, that noise. I hated, I hated oh. that like you know liberals in that time were like just saying like, oh she's wait raising awareness for for the thing. Like it's not already awareness. Like, it's not already the well, who's not yeah. aware. <laughs> who's like it's not already like one of the more popular things that Americans want. Yeah, like, we're, we're raising awareness to who the Met got. They know they don't pay taxes. Yeah. Um, what do you mean raising awareness? Like. And, and and everyone else, we're f- we fucking know. Mm-hmm. We we don't need. We, and that's that's what's so funny. What liberals don't get is that their entire politics and what they view as being smart is wanting to a like appease this upper the upper class and the people with power and com- raise awareness with those people and and get more of a shot, enough of a shot, so that they actually feel bad and want to help us. That's what the obsession with peaceful protesting is about. And everything is just about performing for really whiteness performing for whiteness and performing for white people and making things palatable and 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 yeah we're raising awareness um but guess what if you need to be aware about that thing you're probably going to actively fight against it because that it may it would be bad for you if, if that happened um and so what we should be focused on is building a movement and by the way where was the movement during all this they were outside the met gala getting their skulls cracked open by the NYPD. Mm. The photos that came out of those protests were disgusting and horrifying. And maybe if AOC wasn't so concerned with rubbing shoulders with our fucking overlords and instead building power that isn't reliant on them and was out there in the streets, less people would have gotten hurt that night. If we want to talk about fucking harm reduction. But no, she's getting out of $30,000 a plate. But no, her dress was made by a woman of color immigrant. Yeah. From fucking Toronto. Who's a hair to the Lehman Brothers fortune? So it's okay. Yeah, so it's all good. So it's all good, man. It's all good. She is a black friend yeah. from Toronto. <laughs>
Oh man, what what what, what is gonna happen, man? <laughs> what is gonna happen? What is gonna happen? Nothing. That's what's worrisome. I think it's just gonna continue. All this is gonna continue happening, and what's gonna be done? Nothing, because you know the the curve of just of 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 time bends towards justice, and there are young people in there trying to make a change. So you know it'll come eventually. And let's just not think about the power structures we have to deal with. Also today, BreadTube are our, our great enemies. Instead of all this shit, what are they focused on debating today? How um, instead of taking over the means of production, we should actually be doing like... I don't, I don't even know what position they're arguing for, but it's something to do with like worker, democratic, like, I don't know, some new thing that isn't like building union power and or and or redistributing means production like they're all pushing for this like new middle ground as far as like how we're gonna get workers more control um and you know so they're just like not even serious about doing so So like our leftist leaders oh also hassan piker that fucking dickhead let me lace into him a little bit we've given him a fucking pass because he's like has some of most of the correct opinions most of the time People mm-hmm. found some old tweets where he's talking about high school girls or sorority girls staying the same age as he gets older. So, uh, fucking. Oh, not alert. the McConaughey, dude. Yeah, pull the McConaughey. He pulled the McConaughey. Uh, um, and, damn. And n- not only does he wear just the worst fits of all time. <laughs> I do. I, there's which so that many alone people. is a violation, bro. Like, <laughs> there's so many people defending him, and I'm like, why? Why is a terrible fit? Like, why bro, if I was making what that guy made. I dress like Gunna at all times. Like, yeah. how are your fits this trash? What? What? Like, how, yeah. I, it's it's it, and it's not like he doesn't have good taste. Like, he has the right pieces, but then he he does not know how to put them on. Like. I have whatever I'm not even gonna get into the fashion's egregious in its own way but the real thing is like we have these rich people who are our leftist leaders and who suck and are have these fucking weirdo pervert like no wonder he's wants to be a socialist who wears chokers on twitch the dude wants to fuck 18 year olds this fucking weirdo and and, and and so we're being led by, like, weirdo opportunists, attention-seeking fucking narcissists, clouts, as we said on the first episode, who have no interest in building a movement or solving any of these problems. They just want to talk about this shit on Twitch and have the slam dunks on the dumb liberals and fucking groom 17-year-olds in Discord servers. They're fucking lo- – while wearing the worst trash fits of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, though, like, it's this is exactly how it is. And and thank God that they canceled the activist game show because that really would have fucking blew a hole in a lot how people see a lot of these fucking losers, um, and yeah, this has been good. I miss venting like this. I feel better. Yeah, I feel a little better too. Do you feel at all? Do you want to get going a little bit? How what do you want to let loose a little bit? What do you got to say? I went I, I went for a while there. Uh, anything that I wanted to let loose on this week. I don't know. What was I, what was I really mad at? I was really mad at something earlier this week, but I don't know. I feel like it Let's just go to the show topics. We're more, ready. Like, there's just more horrible shit that just happens by the second. So I like, you know, it's. I feel like my brain is just so discombobulated sometimes. Yeah. With the show. Um, okay. Here's some shit we can talk about. Um... First, let's play Jen Psaki defending the border patrol agents who are whipping Haitian migrants. Let's just 
Let me just play this into the mic real quick. Answer that. People may be eligible for that. But right now, we also have to implement our laws uh, at the border. We also want to protect people, both in that community, but also migrants. One of the challenges, as we're all facing a pandemic here, is the gathering of so many people. We're still implementing Title 42, which means that we are going to send people. These motherfuckers put children back in school, by the way. So like, yeah. oh, the gathering of so many people. You guys reopened the country like you yeah. said you wouldn't. Like, I don't, like, what the fuck do you mean? The ga- it's okay if it's a gathering of so many people, if they're at a fucking shopping mall buying your stupid shit and getting treats at Applebee's. But if fucking, oh, they're coming to fucking live a better life and work. Ooh, get, fucking whip them uh, and implement yeah. those laws, boys. Fucking, uh, but let me finish this. Out of the country who come in uh, as we implement that. A, a COVID safety protocol. Exactly. But did, did you say that it's possible that that extension that applies to... And look at the media, like, giving her the layup. Like, say it's a COVID safety protocol. Our yeah. idiot listeners love that one. Like... Yeah. Did you say that it's possible that that extension that applies to Haitians already here could apply to those coming across the border Well, now? Tony, it's already been extended uh, because of the turmoil on the ground. It was earlier this summer. That's something that the Secretary of Homeland Security and Secretary of State do look into. But again... Oh, not a responsibility, the typical answer. So we look to this, the, the photos, uh, not just the ones you referenced, but, but of all of these families and people under the bridges. We wanted to also take steps to implement our laws and to protect a lot of them from the spread of COVID as well. Oh, they're protecting them from the spread of COVID by putting them all in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, in in Um, two cages. No, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, (laughs) take them out of the wide open fields and rivers and put them into cells. I think, you know... I'm just so glad we have leaders who want to protect communities from COVID. Yeah, exactly. How how blessed are we? Exactly. Um, you know, the, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's now 690k people having been deported under Biden, as opposed to the 440,000 under Trump. Um, and here's Tucker talking about this. So here's what's going on um, over on the other side. An unrelenting stream of immigration, but why? Well. Joe Biden just said it, to change the racial mix of the country. That's the reason, to reduce the political power of people whose ancestors lived here of and dramatically increase the proportion of Americans newly arrived from the third world. And then Biden went further. He said that non-white DNA is the, quote, source of our strength. Imagine saying that. Imagine. This is the language of eugenics. <laughs> it's horrifying. Yeah. But there's a reason Biden said it. Terms, this policy is called the Great. Republic. I love how Tucker is Tucker talking about his own words. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, like, what are you saying? Like, like, I think that's called eugenics. I think what you are saying right now is yeah, yeah you're doing eugenics. Uh, but anyway, but that's good old Tucker, right? You know, he's good old Tucker. He's getting everybody. He did. And um. Anyway, the uh, behind him is a photo of Joe Biden sunglasses that just says mass amnesty, which like there is no amnesty being granted. Like it, this is a, an imaginary. Um, but let me let me finish playing the clip. It's horrifying, but there's a reason Biden said it. In political terms, this policy is called the Great Replacement, the replacement of legacy Americans with more obedient people from faraway countries. Legacy Americans is an interesting yeah. way to get around saying white Americans. Um, yeah, because I think that but, in a way includes your conservative, like you know, minorities and everything in there. Yep, that, yep, that, yep. Like they still hold the ideal that they are Americans. And... Yeah, 
No, they want to include Herschel and Christian. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they need to be in there, dude. Our legacy America, our legacy African Americans. Yeah. Um, and look at it. Look at our legacy African Americans over there. Don't we love them? Yeah. Look at uh, them, folks. My friend. Um, <laughs> all right. Let me. Let me. So this is really. <laughs> Uh, this it gets it gets interesting. So let me let me pl- I'm gonna run it back a little bit. Yeah. In political terms, this policy is called the Great Replacement, the replacement of legacy Americans with more obedient people from faraway countries. I think there's something there though, where he says, and I'm not trying to like say there's something there to anything Tucker says, but something interesting about Tucker is how he kind of will, when it's convenient to him, like most conservatives, but it, him more than others. When it's convenient to him, he will adopt kind of pro-worker uh, language and, and kind of dynamics. And there is something to be said about workers from other countries being more obedient and them almost wanting to make the work pool in this country and the labor cheaper. Um, and obviously Tucker, on a normal news day, is pushing to deplete people of any benefits to get them back to work. But when it suits him here... He is framing immigration not only in the typical racist kind of Nazi dog whistle terms, but to something that maybe a not as racist worker listening to his show after work after a few beers will hear and go, oh, shit, they'll replace me with a harder working, you know, immigrant. Yeah, who, who will um, be and, willing to accept cheaper labor and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And so and, and there's something to that, not to like in any way give credence to what Tucker's saying. But as always, when we fail to address these things and when we have a political party, the Democrats, that are actively trying to make the labor pool more appealing to their corporate donors, you open up a lane for fascists like Tucker, neo-Nazis and the like to make these populist arguments uh, against the Democratic administration, um, which is, as we can tell as I play the rest of this clip, incredibly dangerous. It's really dangerous with more obedient people from faraway countries. They brag about it all the time, but if you dare to say it's happening, they will scream at you with maximum hysteria. And here you have Joe Biden confirming his motive on tape with a smile on his face. Yeah, so... Um, and that's that's the way yeah, they're spinning back to the Democrats, you know? To keep the fucking yep, anger gotta, going. Gotta bring it back. Um, a couple of other things... Um, Here's let me, let me make sure we uh all right we talked about all oh the my god we didn't talk about Gabby uh the the woman who got the travel blogger who went missing with her boyfriend oh, yeah and then like the entire you know conservative news network went insane yeah you know yeah I'm currently trying to buy a conversion van um to live in so I don't have to work a job and pay rent and can bring you guys more podcast content um and fucking. I, they're so expensive because everyone is homeless. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but I'm hoping that this will put a dent in the market because now people don't want to be associated with van life. So selfishly, I'm like, all right, maybe there's an angle here. Maybe I can actually afford to live in a van. <laughs> um, if it's, if it, because for a while it's been framed as like millennials are choosing to do van life. It's like, now, motherfucker, I'd love to live in a two bedroom apartment. I'm just poor. Yeah. So I have to live in a van. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so, but fucking anyway, she obviously a white woman goes missing, so the country kicked up in overdrive. Um, and 
freaked the fuck out. It's in a county where like 790 indigenous people mm-hmm. have gone missing and like no one yep. said a peep. Um, and obviously it has to do with the fact that they were like on YouTube and TikTok kind of helped, you know, solve it and it, the internet was involved. So that's part of why it went so viral too, to give some credence to it. But obviously it always helps when someone's white. Um, and I think that's the narrative, that's a narrative that's even being covered on NBC. So like, I don't know that we have to touch on it so much, but like, obviously if we gave an iota, like one tenth of a fuck that we gave about this Gabby chick about the black women and the indigenous women and the women of color that go missing women of color, not meaning rich people from Toronto. Um, <laughs> then we, cause I'm sure we'd give a yeah. fuck about that. Um, uh, you know, there'd be all the influencers posting. But fucking, you know, our, our average everyday women, if we gave an iota of a fuck, um, then, yeah, uh, fucking, they would probably, more people would be coming home. Um, we'd be able to find more people. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people are making that point. A point I want to make, which is just interesting, was, you know, obviously people haven't been very fond of the FBI recently. Um, there's more distrust in those institutions than ever, um, rightly so. Um the footage of the FBI raiding this guy's parents' house was plastered everywhere. Did you are, – are, am I bugging or did I see it just everywhere on the news? I saw it on YouTube. saw it everywhere. And it was almost like, look, the FBI doing something yeah. good. And people have often talked about the true crime podcast phenomenon and white women's obsession with it, kind of reinforcing the police state and kind of kicking everyone into a hysteria that then just enables powerful forces, fascist forces to come in and make things secure for them again. Um that's all been remarked upon, and I, I kind of think the obsession with the Gabby case um, has something to do with it. And something concerning that I saw is um, I saw a few tweets that concerned me, but here's just one to highlight. Uh, I think this is probably the best one. Someone tweeted, someone with BLM in their bio, we had everything we needed to know this the second Ga- uh, about Gabby Petito's disappearance the second Brian Laundrie returned home without her and went into hiding. An innocent man never runs, and now he's gone. Not necessarily true. I don't know that an innocent man never runs, but all right. We're talking oh, yeah. in that language. I guess we're all wanted. We're all frontier justice people now. And yeah, then here's we're their all fucking, you know, then, psychology majors. With fucking, yeah. You know. No, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course. Um, and then fucking, there's a reply from someone with the BLM fist, the Black Power fist, as their profile picture saying, and he refused to speak to the police. He got a lawyer and refused to speak to the police, and the cops let him get away with that. Excuse me? What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're allowed to not speak to the yeah, police and get a lawyer. You, isn't that what your Fifth Amendment, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just it's concerning shit like this. Um, and I also I have one here that is pretty, pretty, pretty funny. Um, someone tweets, you only need attorney-client privilege if you've done things you want covered up, period. Um, all right, <laughs> period, poo. Let's get rid of attorney client privilege so white women are protected. I don't even fucking know what to say anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a simulation, dude. It's just <laughs> no, I like really, bro. Like, yeah, like, what, what do I even say to yeah, that? You can't, you, you know? can't really say anything. You, I think you should. That's one of the things. Be like, I'm just gonna start agreeing with you, dumb niggas. I'm done arguing, bro. <laughs> yeah, like sure. Yes, All sure. right, whatever. <laughs> like, Leave me alone, bro. <laughs> yeah, like I like what? Um, and and so it's just concerning because like, whenever we let the media whip us up into hysteria like this, people 
want to rush into the arms of the of the great protective fascist police state and make it and expand its power because it'll make them feel safer when the reality is like the only way to make people safer is to build the kind of world where people are provided for and loved for and have a community and you know aren't isolated atomized insane neurotic fucks like this country drives you to be um and as long as we're not interested in building that kind of society shit like this is going to happen and expanding the police state is only going to prevent us from building the kind of world that uh fucking will actually help fight shit like that because yeah obviously no one wants girls to get chopped up and go missing all right that's like not what i'm arguing here but i am arguing like hey let's maybe all cool the fuck out for a second before we're like just running into the arms of the fucking police state to save us from a hysteria that the media has whipped up um which is, you know, a great analogy for also the 9-11 shit we talked about. I mean, it's just fear is the mind killer. I don't know where the fuck that's from, but it's true as shit. Um, I bet it is. Yeah. Because, yeah. And we're afraid of what, I, the, what the, like, it's, it's a draw, you know, to another point even more. We're afraid of what, you know, socialism actually looks like and what this greater future looks like, you know? Yeah, we're no, all we afraid of it. We're all afraid of challenging it because we're all afraid of what might happen to us and what might be the outcome on the other side, you know, or yep. even the results of us doing that, you know. Yeah, because like, and... I mean, understandably, it's very scary when you're going up against, you know, such a, a big state apparatus. Yeah. And people literally cannot imagine solutions other than more violence and suffering yeah. as a solution. Um, and I really think 9-11 is like a huge part of that psychologically. Um, where like, yeah, the response to make us feel safer is to do more violence, to expand violence, to expand suffering, um, and to expand the power of the most evil people in the world. And, you know, it's... it's uh, how do you confront that? I, I just don't even... Uh, it it's difficult um and to leave it on a funny note i have here for you a tiktok of oh a white God. woman doing a pro vaccine rap oh no oh. man yeah. this is <laughs> this is the result of eminem getting 15 grammys dude Dude, you're you're gonna hear this TikTok, and you're gonna think that maybe. The- <laughs> I'm beeping the fuck out of <laughs> But but that's real shit. <laughs> oh, please pull shit. it up! Please pull it up. Um. Are you sh- you ready? I mean, as ready as I'll ever gonna be, man. Yeah, the, yeah. All right. <laughs> you, you ready? <laughs> All right, here we go. All the experts that have said it, how do you not get it? Vaccines are safe, used for protection. It's proven that they'll help. It. You'd rather take ivermectin? A science system from a child. This is wild. You think lies are true because fake news make you blind. You don't trust the media. Oh, he's fucking Free hip hop beat 2021. <laughs> oh, she ain't switched the flow on us, bro. What? 
stank pussy type beat. <laughs> fucking blue pill type beat. Fucking. Bro. Oh my god. That shit makes me want to untake the Stop vaccine. white women. <laughs> Hashtag stop white women everywhere. Stop white women. Stop all like I, I stop yeah. hints, and, and, hints and, for, and, from now on stop all activities yeah cease <laughs> cease activities. cease it all you guys had your moment in the sun with the gabby petito shit it's time to shut the fuck up for a while <laughs> so everyone had a nice field day yeah. with that we, we got the we got the guy we we said we're gonna get rid of attorney client privilege and cheer when the fbi raids places it's all good you guys want just give us like two weeks of silence, of, of peace and quiet. <laughs> no more pro vaccine TikTok raps. We you, we just did our RBG's anniversary of her death. You guys had that and the Gabby Petito thing in the same month. So now it's time, white women, take it down a notch. Let us let us deal with the fucking immigration crisis. Yeah, just go back to. Posting brunch photos and just leave go back to brunch. Alone. It's all good, unless you want to actually. Yeah. And that's what's so funny is the people like there are literally still people, um, white women probably more than any other demographic on Twitter, fucking going, oh well, technically it's an overflow facility about Guantanamo Bay, yeah. <laughs> and I just like yeah, and it's just like it's so clear everyone just wants to go the fuck to brunch. Um, and not give a fuck about any of this. Um, and yeah, I just... Between that TikTok and the fucking thruple psychologist telling people outrage culture is bad for you and a stop... I, oh yeah, and then it's like, unfollow all the accounts that are engaged in outrage culture. You don't want that negativity in your life. And it's like... Uh, yeah, whatever. So just stop white women 2021 and, and forevermore... Uh, <laughs> I yeah I uh, I'm just I'm done. That shit the shit on Instagram really pissed me off though. But it's in our story highlights somewhere. I did like uh, I literally went slide by slide all ten slides and wrote a reply as to why she was completely fucking wrong. Um, and the funny part is like I don't even think any like like it's shit that would never get published in an academic journal or like that any like psychologist would actually say is sound advice. But because this person is a psychologist with an Instagram account and has millions of followers and influence, she gets to fucking pollute the rest of the minds with her, like, white woman fucking I'm above everything, I don't give a fuck mindset. Yeah. Um, and and that my fucking comfort is more important than anything else. Which is exactly, like, when people are saying, let's get rid of, it, like, attorney-client privilege, it's because to them, they're not... As a white woman, they're not worried about the police state. Yeah, they're they worried ever about. Have to worry about it, and then that'll affect you know black and brown people. It, yeah, and like it, at the end of it, and they won't ever see the, the foresight of just saying that and promoting that idea because you know yep. they've never lived it, they've never been in that position, and they will never have to be. Yeah, yep. And, but they are a little scared because the media whipped everyone up into a <laughs> frenzy about your boyfriend might kill you. So yeah, yeah let's fucking expand the because because that's more of a threat to them than the police state ever is. Um, and like that's the issue with privilege and that's why I think the term white privilege is like useful in situations like that and and, and then there's obvious situations that it's like not useful in 
And there was a really, really good thread from uh, the Black Socialists in America at Black Socialists on Twitter dissecting the term white privilege um, and how we all mistakenly use it all the time. And basically, it, it, it makes a point to be like when the first Africans arrived in 1619, there, weren't, there was no such thing as white people. There were British people, and British people did that. Um, and there really w- wouldn't be like white people as a thing for another 60 years after that. Um, and yeah, basically like it wasn't until other Europeans and poor Europeans and there was potential for like poor and working class solidarity that the ruling class Europeans were like, oh, let's construct a racial hierarchy and we'll get, we'll like give whites <coughs> the ability to divide the proletariat. Um, and then that's at the point where you get kind of people purposefully put higher in the hierarchy to defend it um, and 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 races put at the bottom of the hierarchy. Um, and, you know, it's actually a really long thread that I'm just going to link on our Instagram page and retweet on Twitter. But there's a reply to it that I found really interesting. And it was a Irish revolutionary talking about going to Boston um, and seeing how, you know, the Irish people in America completely abandoned being Irish in favor of being this new thing, white, um, which was kind of an American invention. Um, And so when people get all up in arms about like critical race theory, which one thing that's funny about that is critical doesn't mean it's being critical of the white race. It means that it's like an important topic, like a critical topic. And I think people literally hear that and go, it's critical of white people. Um, But I, I literally think that like, it isn't meant it isn't useful to view it as about being about skin as much as it's about your place in this hierarchy and for a lot of the white women that were cheering on expanding the police state in the face of the gabby petito shit they are up in that hierarchy to the point where the police state's not a threat but the romantic partner murdering them is a much greater threat which when you look at the statistics as far as police violence and that kind of murder of passion way less likely to happen but if you're of a higher class, you know, it actually does seem like way more of a threat because you're so removed from those things. Um, and, but yeah, definitely that threat from Black Social is super useful. Um, and they recommend a couple books in it. And so it's, it's a topic I want to research more into because I think the genesis of our podcast was like kind of dissecting what it means to be a white outside agitator and whose side are you really on and la la la. And, and I never really thought about the fact that yeah, whites kind of like a thing that would like there were no white people really when when the slaves were first brought over. There were British people, and 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 the, and how white people were created as a way to you know almost from the genesis stop proletarian revolution mm-hmm. um, by by creating kind yeah, of this divide, and, um, and then and that's what makes kind of the outrage and backlash to the to the woke culture, which I hate using that term kind of almost not to give credence to it but there's a i think a real concern about it from me as someone on the left too um and and yeah and and you know but i think it's useful in cases like the gabby petito thing to analyze why her being a white woman enabled you know everyone to come to her aid and this getting solved in a matter of days and the internet helping whereas everybody else it's just quiet not really a new story you know and I think that has a lot to do with how we literally view brown bodies, indigenous bodies as being less valuable. 
um, because that hierarchy that was enforced on us from like rich Europeans um, and and the European ruling class. Um, and yeah, so Joe Biden's right. Fuck Britain. <laughs> no cap. Um, <laughs> no fucking cap. And uh, I really wish they kept the media in the room for his response to Boris Johnson. I'm really upset. I've never been more pissed at his staffers, which exposes a little bit of my privilege. <laughs> for me, I, 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 I've never been tighter at the staff. I, I've never been as tight. Like, fuck! Come on! Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want to... I want to hear Irish Joe come at the fucking... uh, (laughs) Say some wild shit. And Boris is such a dickhead, too. I would have loved to to give him a little bit of the Sleepy Joe medicine. Another thing that we missed um, is Joe Biden falling asleep during a meeting with the Israeli Prime Minister. (laughs) He was talking about America's great friendship with Israel, and Joe Biden just tucks in for a nap real quick. (laughs) Fuck this. So that not that he's gonna fucking not. Oh, and so uh, here. But last thing, while all this horrible shit we talked about this episode is going on, the looming eviction crisis too, the abortion man we barely touched on, all the crazy shit. What are people in the political elite and establishment worried about? Well, two things. One is the Iron Dome. Do you know what the Iron Dome is? Yeah, that's the anti. That's the anti missile Israeli defense yep. system, right? And they want to further fund what they you know basically the most advanced like anti-aircraft system ever built to prevent hamas rockets and like it's literally like an invented prop like not that like rocket shit doesn't have but like israel's fine they're not like under siege with like hundreds of israelis dying every day that's like not at all what's happening but they want more and more billions of dollars from us to pay for like and and whatever like that's such well trod territory we shouldn't be paying for israel shit um, just because they're a genocidal state, let alone all the other fucking reasons. Um, they're literally an apartheid state. Um, but the, so that's going on, and every, all these accounts of people in the political media station are pushing for that and saying the people that want to do it are anti-Semitic and la, la la And, like, that's where people are all focused. And we are fucking legislators fucking passed a bill to give health care coverage to all these spooks who are complaining about Havana syndrome. Have you heard about this? referencing to cuba yeah so apparently there's this conspiracy among the intelligence class that the communists are using a ray gun to make them feel sick and like bad um and all of them are complaining about symptoms and like feeling shitty and like this that and the third um and so congress passed a bill to cover everyone affected by havana syndrome which very much seems like a thing that the intelligence community has made up. Um, and, you know, just to speculate, if I was doing the things that the people in the intelligence community have been up to the past two years, I probably wouldn't feel very good at night. And it would be very convenient for me to blame that on a, a communist ray gun as opposed to a guilty conscience. Um, so that's kind of my take on the whole thing. Mm. But fucking then I really... I really don't know. I, I but they're so willing to pass that and do that when meanwhile the pandemic is raging and like yeah, no Medicare for the people being affected by the pandemic. But our CIA agents that are getting headaches at night, we got to do everything we can to fucking pass and do that. So like once again, what are they concerned with? Uh, defending Israel and all their and and making all their spooks happy, um, and not at all addressing any of the issues that we talked about this episode. So it's just like why. 
have we raised enough awareness? Is it just that they're not aware or do they not give a fuck? Um, and I don't know. I think I'm over raising awareness with these people. It's very clear what their interests are and, and how they're interested in governing. Yeah. I agree. It's clear cut and dry at this point. Yeah. I don't know why we keep and I just... hoping for anything different. Cause just dude, no, you gotta understand, like the young people in the party, man, they're gonna push for something better and the curve of justice, you know, the curve towards justice, that's what time does. Yeah. And the old Republicans, they're gonna die off. It's like, oh my. And there's gonna be new ones that are neoliberal, dude. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah no, mean? exactly. Or not. <laughs> like they're literally just straight up conservative young yeah. people. Citrus. Like, Citrus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about the amount of kids that like watch Jordan Peterson and shit. Oh my you know, god, so Owens. many. There's so many MGTOW yeah. TikTok compilations, dude, and Red yeah, Hill dude, compilations. Yeah, that's crazy. And there's so they, those people have much bigger audiences than like initially I even realized. Like I saw one like scroll across my TikTok, and I clicked on his page, and he had like 70k followers like on TikTok. And getting like Bro. regularly TikToks with like 1.2 million views and shit like that, and it's like, Bro. whoa, like how, how, dude? <laughs> Bro, tell me that shit's not crazy. That shit is crazy, and it's like even people that we know, like uh, like people that we know. Oh, bro, a lot of people we know are fucking are like buy into like that buy shit. into it like unironically on some like you know bitches ain't shit type shit you know what i mean and it's like bro a lot of a a lot of people we know and it's like holy crap is this a bit to you or is this like actually how you feel about this shit? nah and it's like i yo motherfuckers have just been so cheated on and it's so clear um yeah like that's like the only explanation for this shit but then what's what's bad is i think like like these older dudes have these bad experiences that they don't heal from and then they project that trauma and give it to, like, all these kids that haven't even been through shit. Bro, I saw a video on Twitter the other day, like, this eight-year-old talking to his mom and, like, her friends, like, having some drinks. And he's like, and all y'all want to be taken care of, but y'all don't want to take care of a man. And blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah. And it's like an eight-year-old, bro. And he's, like, pissed as fuck, like, punching his hand. Like, and y'all don't want to take care of a man. And, and that's why none of y'all, y'all ain't worth shit. And this, like, eight-year-old's, like, screaming at, like, his mom and her friends having drinks and calling them thoughts and shit. And it's like, yo, like... Yo, that kid followed Hoodville. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, bro, like, it's an epidemic. Like, I'm telling you, it's, like, bad. Um, And and I think part of it is, and this is, like, I feel like I didn't have the words for this on all the past episodes we have. We were kind of, like, talking about this. But I think it has a lot to do with how late capitalism has made us view relationships more as like commodities and like what can someone do for me and what's their value and something i've noticed now that i know about the mgtow culture and i've followed a couple accounts they all talk in these terms of high value men and low value men yeah Um, the marketplace of sexual or the marketplace yeah and yeah. shit like that and talking about you know th- this person ha- makes this much money and therefore your quality of life if you had this person would either increase or decrease based off of your relationship and you know and, it's and what's fucked about, up bro oh if you like this woman and you <laughs> like it no yeah like so that's just put in the, the terms of e- economics and it, it's put in you know just terms of class yeah it is to boil it down yeah yeah 
And you know what's funny is I don't think that's like out of nowhere. Like I think that's responding to like a real trend where we really do view relationships as disposable and people as commodities. But that's both men and women though. And I think men have viewed women like that for a long time. And now that it's going both ways down the street, we're all like, damn, this this sucks. Um, now that men are getting a little taste of kind of the way they... Because I think men have viewed women as commodities and disposable for not all men, but for decades. I think that's been the dominant culture. And now that women are kind of on the same shit... Now we're all whining about it and crying, you know, cry, cry, cry to crying throw it up. And crying about women and having OnlyFans, dude. Like, yeah, bro, that's the shit that gets me. It's yeah. all like, I, I do not understand being pissed about that at all. I like don't, I really don't get that. Um, I can kind of get the other shit. I don't really get that at all. I don't get it. Yeah, and what um, they're looking for essentially, like I remember you said it, but they're just looking for like people to postmates them pussy, like you know these these. People. You know what's so funny? I I said I joked, um, and I said that they want the government to give them pussy, but I think you're actually more correct. Where they want to be able to buy like postmates it like a commodity. Yes. Um. Yeah, and the fact that and yeah, I think you're that's way more apt to like what's actually going on. Um. And yeah, because people say be, ca- all be the careful time. what you wish for is I think my take on that because yeah. I think the more w- men promote that culture and and double down on the people are commodities and disposable, it's only going to become worth worse on both sides, and the dating culture is going to become worse and more toxic. And like we're seeing it happen before our own eyes. Oh yeah, no for sure. Um, another point of what these guys, I, I remember I saw one where it was like a guy was like, "Don't be mad at me." If I want a girl that's like, you know, had no previous sexual partners, has no debt, has no this, has no that, and they had this laundry list of requirements, and I'm like, you're gonna die alone. <laughs> like, you know, you, like this is totally unrealistic. This is a one in 100,000 person, you know what I mean? Or one in one million, even, that these people are looking for. Mm-hmm. It's just nuts. It's just nuts. And un fucking fathomable that they they could even think this way and think they deserve it based off the principle Mm -hmm. of them being a man in the first place you know Mm -hmm. yeah bro um i don't know what's like i don't it's so fucking i just feel so so much deterioration just of like and breakdown of just like our social connections and community and shit and i like don't know and i think to be honest bro I think, you know, we talked a lot about the extreme solutions you can't talk about on podcasts, but I also think it's on all of us to, like, build community and to build support systems and to build, like, the better, nicer, more loving world that, like, everybody clearly needs right now and is hurting for men. Um, And we can do that without, like, going to war with the government, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, man, because, like, where do you go if you're heartbroken? What, 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 who do you turn to? Therapy's too Besides goddamn expensive, your... dude. I tell you, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So no, fucking like expensive. really though. I tried to get some for myself to like help work out some things that like going out in my own head, and I, like I look back at it, and I was like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> this shit is so yeah. fucking. Like how could anybody who needs it, like truly, truly needs it, like really afford? I mean, everybody needs it. You know what I mean in some form or fashion. But, you know, people who, like, have all these deep-seated issues and unlearning to do, you know, how could they even afford it? Or even, I don't know. Yeah, bro. Everything feels uh, commoditized. 
I guess is that I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but everything feels that way, and then it just feels like <laughs> no, everything is commoditized. Bro. I, I don't know, man. I'm tired, dude. No, you're We've right. We've been rolling bro. for two uh, hours. Holy shit! <laughs> I just looked is this up. a two-hour episode? Literally. We might have to break this down into parts because we did. Nah, fuck that. Commoditize the motherfuckers. Commoditize. Fuck them. <laughs> oh man, but uh, but yeah, that's how everything feels, and I'm just depressed about it. <laughs> yeah i don't uh yeah i've i've sunk so deep into the depression that it's funny again but i like i remember i listened to an early episode and i remember feeling so hopeful i also was looking back at my instagram stories from a year ago um just like and what i was posting and how hopeful i felt and i it, we've just been crushed it devastated like the liberal media and the liberals and the political establishment so effective at just just crushing the spirit of the outside movement um and aoc and the squad's ability to just kind of go along with their program i think you know they really did help us build the movement that existed and then they helped crush it by kind of abandoning it um and i don't know what the next steps are i really don't i think that's the tough thing because there used to be kind of a future and a plan and i at least still believed in like you know we elect more people like them and we you know and and now that there's no electoral politics plan, and there's not really a plan outside of it, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess we're all just, you know, bitching forever um, until maybe we bitch good enough that Hassan Piker will steal one of our tweets and quote tweet something with it. Like, yeah. like it's like that. Like, yeah. Like, may- maybe I can get Hassan on my podcast and get more Patreon donations. Like, yeah. that seems to be what most people on the left are focused on right now. And it's just like... It's not going to lead us anywhere at all. Yeah, get to, yeah. They're trying to get their own bag and then make it so so they can never have to deal with these problems again, or never have to be on the bad side of any of these consequences, or I guess you know these decisions that have consequences on people of lower class. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground on this one. Um, the, our listeners who've been missing us will be happy. <laughs> We're back with two hours. Our haters will be um, fucking infuriated. They thought they got yeah. rid of us, but we ain't going nowhere. You stupid no, nope, I am <laughs> back harder than ever. I think I really do. Actually, I've promised this before, but. I actually would anticipate that we're at least doing an episode a week and hopefully back up to two. Yeah. Um, Things are back somewhat back to normal now. Yeah. At least till uh, through December, I think we're going to be back on our 2020 release schedule. Um, And then hopefully, you know, episodes can be a little more focused and less meandering than this one was. um, And we could really crack into some topics. Um, I've been promising this one for a while, but we want to do a J. Cole episode. He's about to go on tour again and just released a new freestyle, and that was a good time. Um, and we also want to speak to at undertheweather.inc, who's a fellow deadhead and a historian of the weather underground, um, and talk to him about kind of some of the uh, resistance outside of electoral politics groups that have existed in the past. Um, and... So, yeah, um, DJ, play us out on Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan. And, uh, yeah, look look forward to those episodes coming and, and our future episodes before those, talking about some more of this shit going on. Um, there's some stuff we didn't cover this one that we still want to get to. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back pretty soon after this. All right, DJ, play us out. See you guys. All right, peace.